Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Tracy Elmer, Chief Innovation Officer at TrueCare. In part two, Elmer talks about how the organization is improving access through people, processes, and technology, what she considers to be a prime area of opportunity for innovation, the invaluable lessons she learned while working on an EPIC initiative at Rainy Children's Hospital, and the attributes she believes are most important in team members. When you talked about some of the objectives, you mentioned access being a big focus. And can you talk about some of what uh, the organization has done or is doing in that area? Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a multitude of actions we're taking that are around people, process, technology altogether. I think first and foremost, we've invested quite a lot again in the workforce and making this a place where folks are so excited to work and want to come to work, right? So recruitment is a Mm -hmm. big emphasis area for us and benefits, right? Always. Um, But again, that's part of that looking to be a distinctive way in which we work and support our teams um, to be able to stand out and want more providers to come here. Because again, access starts with having the healthcare providers available, right? And so we've seen a, a growth, for example, in behavioral health. I think that's evident um, across the industry. So we've had intentional recruitment strategy in place for for that domain and being able to not just meet current demand, but be ready for for more to come. So a lot around recruitment and talent management. I think also on the technology front and supporting greater access, we have really tried to leverage our new patient portal that was introduced last year and really putting a lot of focus and emphasis on, again, not just marketing its availability, but the education, the training, investing in resources who can support our patients in its use, really hoping that it's another way they can connect with us to ask questions when they have a need or have a concern and not have to wait to call and or have to wait for an appointment, but accessing their needs through that, that electronic patient portal and getting answers more quickly. We use a variety, though, of course, of other technologies to connect and help support our patients, text-based messaging, um, outreach campaigns, you know, really providing those digital resources, again, to help support accessing what they need, whether it's appointment-based, you know, needs or health information type needs and helping support connections to the right resources. And then just from a workflow process perspective, always looking at how we work and you know, making sure we don't get in our own way, right? You know, sometimes we have workflows that are designed to create barriers. And so we've been going through an intentional process of looking at how we're set up, looking at, for example, the care team model. Yes, the provider is the primary care provider to the patient, but it's a whole team behind that provider. And that's part of being a patient-centered medical home. And looking at how we're managing the teams and the panels, if you will, of patients and creating greater capacity. So finding, for example, where we could have more telehealth visits by video and supporting greater access for in-person for other health needs and creating greater openings on calendar schedules, if you will, and adding capacity. So, I mean, that's just an example. But those three areas all together are what we're consistently focused on in trying to continue to optimize, create greater efficiencies, again, leverage technology where it makes sense, but really always supporting our patients all the way through and navigating the different ways to access health and care needs. Yeah, you had briefly mentioned Uber before. So is that like a partnership in place to help with transportation? 
Yeah, thank you. And I apologize because I think we have contracts with both Uber and Lyft. And so we're okay. able to provide our patients. We used to, it's funny. I mean, that's a great area of innovation. You know, we used to have our own yeah. transport and we would struggle with staffing and struggle with maintenance on our transport vehicles. And we finally realized that using these other new innovative ways of transporting patients safely to care, it was actually, I bet you, let, well, I know it was less expensive, but it created a greater means right. for sending links to patients, getting them scheduled. We have full-time folks yeah. dedicated to transport management who use those services to assure our patients can connect them and, and come in for their needs. I mean, obviously we use MT, we have our transport, our, I think it's Metro Transport, MTS, which is the bus system. We have trolleys. So we have connections with all of those, but using again, digital you know, innovation and using the rideshare type services has really been a big benefit that we shifted to actually in 2019. Okay. I'm sure it was nice to have that in place when, when everything yes. kind of hit the fan. Yes. And then certainly the mobile care, like I shared. One of the things we saw, obviously, with pandemic response is it's so for us, it's always been about the patient, but now even more so, meeting them where they are as opposed to requiring them to come yeah. to us necessarily. And I mean, look at how we are now with shopping and retail. Like, you don't have to even go in a store anymore. You could just be in your car and someone will deliver your stuff to you that you order online. I mean, there's, we just have to make it at their convenience. And I think um, that's a lot of our focus right now is how do we do that? And of course, the mobile health makes a big deal. And we, we're expanding our mobile fleet so that we can get even more places to bring the care to the patients as opposed to requiring them to always come to us. So that's a big part of our strategy as well. Yeah, really interesting. You've been with the organization for about three years, a little more than that? Yeah, just past three years, three years um, this past October. Okay. And so just from looking at your uh, profile, before that you were with Rady Children's doing uh, a lot of work on the EPIC project side. How, how do you feel like that role prepared you for what you're doing now or that experience, I should say? Oh, that's a great question. I love reflection. My time at Rady Children's, I was there over 11 years. And wow, you, you talk about great learning through a transformative initiative, like implementing an EPIC across not just the hospital, but two different medical groups, both specialty and primary care. You learn all about the criticality of transformational leadership with relationship management, with partnerships, right? You know, you can't go it alone. You have to have key partners in every area to help drive that change forward. And really that, you know, communication, but also from a team perspective, how to take care of your team. Your mentor there always says it's it's mission first, people always, you know, I think it reinforced the criticality of taking care of people that without that, you know, nothing else kind of will follow that is as effective as it can be. So those 11 years taught me so much. I grew so much through learning and you make mistakes, right? But you, as my, my current boss and CEO would say, you fail forward and you fail forward fast. And so all together, just those years and going through much change and responding to the needs of the organization and, and the industry as it evolves, just really helped prepare me to come to this position now and and be very experienced and and prepared to help lead at the organizational level and taking so much of those core lessons with me. And and the principles are always there, right? You know, your your core values and principles of how you lead and what drives you. But then you have the expertise that was gained that helps. And I think being an innovation officer, you know, innovation is all about 
really problem solving, right? And creating opportunities, all of which together are designed to drive greater value. And so those years were wonderful years of learning. And it's a wonderful organization I've been part of with a beautiful mission. So um, that too, you know, kind of resonated for me in coming here and, and that mission being as very powerful and strong as well and helping to really continue to every day inspire me to, to, to do all I can to help. Yeah. And the, obviously the role, the chief innovation officer role was something that appealed to you as well as the organization itself and its mission. Absolutely. You know, I, I tell folks when I talk about my role, that I have the coolest job in the world. That's like something I, I like to say. I'm a very, I am a always in discovery mode, like inquisitive person, and I love to help others. And so I'm now in a position where not only I'm leveraging my expertise and my learning from, from my prior role in the area of oversight of strategic oversight of informatics and analytics and IT and and of course project management, but now I get to do that at, at a macro level and organizational level and Again, I just love that I'm given full empowerment and delegated authority to drive transformation and be part of all of my partners, all of my colleagues' advancement of, of their own goals, if you will, that again, all ultimately support our strategy and obviously the mission and vision. There's never a dull day. There's always a new opportunity. Like I said, it's just a wonderful compilation of all of my interests combined with passion and that just really helps drive and, and motivate me into in this role, I suppose. It's like I said, the coolest job in the world. Yeah. I love what you said about always being in discovery mode. And to me, people who are constantly wondering things and asking questions, I always think of that as a really good characteristic because it means you're always learning. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. I think a lot about how we were as kids, right? And, and who we are as adults. And I can remember I was always a wise person and inquisitive. And I'm sure it annoyed the heck out of my parents. But it's funny how who you are is, is who you are become, right, you know, from the beginning. So for me, I have a teenager, like I made an intention from when he was young, I would always answer a question. I wouldn't say, oh, that's because, or, you know, because I said so, you know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like always been part of my, my own DNA. Yeah. And when you're looking at people who you think are going to become good leaders or, you know, people who have potential what are some of the qualities you look for? I'm sure that's one of them, but is there anything else that sticks out as, you know, really good quality in a yeah, future leader? That's a great question. Um, I think the inquisitive approach in that it's a demonstration of critical thinking, right? Or critical analysis. When they're interested in asking questions and leaning in more, you know that they're willing probably to go the mile, right? Sometimes it's not an mm -hmm. easy mile and they're willing to they're showing a little bit of that grit factor. I think that's really important, especially in the industry we're in. It's tough. And so you got to be ready to pivot in, in a moment's notice. And, you know, the inquisitive nature is important. I think looking for folks who are, the word flexible comes to mind, but really adaptable and flexible to the circumstance and having the right mindset around it. I think if you can see that come through and that's something that I always look for and really how they move with intention toward problem solving, right? Is it with urgency? Is it with, a, oh, I'll, I'll get there soon? You know, I think when you see that sense of urgency come through, that's also to me a really important attribute, especially in, in our, in my domain of, of we're a group of problem solvers, right? As I said, yeah, I think we have to care enough to show that urgency and, and it demonstrates the importance factor. So I think seeing that shine through also is, to me, a, a really important quality or characteristic. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's about it. I could definitely talk to you more, but um, <laughs> this has been really great. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. It's so clear that you have a passion for what you do. And yeah, it's been great to learn about the organization as well. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And I, I have enjoyed talking to you as well and appreciate all your wonderful questions and, and always being able to showcase true care and who we are, what we do and who, what, what we're in it for our patients. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.